It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. heads welcome to locked on warriors part of the locked on podcast network it's monday april 9th i'm your host aliko carter we've got some good news from the golden state warriors and president rick welts the name will stay the same when the warriors move to san francisco representing the entire bay area and the state of california the golden state warriors will remain gsw and that's good news for the fans in oakland who felt a little bit spurned by the Warriors upon hearing that they would move to San Francisco. But as I've said in the past, that was the plan all along and the best thing for the team from a monetary standpoint. They had to get from under the toxic situation at the Oakland Coliseum, and there's money to be made in San Francisco. According to Forbes, the valuation of the franchise is going to be a billion dollars higher when they move into the Chase Center in San Francisco. And the team will most likely be the most valuable basketball franchise in the entire world. Right now, it's the New York Knicks, who don't do a lot of winning, but they do own their arena. And that's a big, big part of being valuable, having private ownership of the arena. A lot of teams could learn from the Warriors, honestly, because it's a long game. It's not a short game. And the short game is to get money from municipalities, cities, and help fund arenas. That's the short game. So you get the arena up, you can get butts in the seats. But then they don't own the arena, and their business is uh, involved with governance and government. And, uh, you know, I'm just a big fan of private businesses uh, being outside of the government sphere. You know, aside from lobbying, I just don't like the idea of private businesses determining what happens in government. And I don't need governments inside of my sports teams either so in the long run if you privately finance the arena you've got i mean these are millionaires hundreds of millionaires and billionaires who own these teams and they can certainly privately finance the arena i'm not saying they use their all of their money i'm saying that they get it privately financed they go into talks with banks and stuff like that obviously the warriors aren't putting up all their own money or or collateral to uh put this arena up there's a ton of money coming into it from different sponsors from uh stakeholders and uh, people who are invested in people and corporations who are invested in the success of the golden state warriors and the success of the chase center including chase and that's how they got the arena built and they're going to own it. They own it. So they're going to be hosting Rihanna concerts and keynotes from Dreamforce, the Salesforce event that attracts 300,000 people every year. And that's what Joe Lacob was trying to do is just outright control. 
that's what he does as a venture capitalist, and, and, and that's what he does, obviously, with a team around him, a team of very smart people, to create the environment where his control is not toxic. But now he's going to control it. We've got one more season left in Oakland after this season. I'm looking for two more parades down Broadway, creating a legacy of winning in Oakland once the team moves to San Francisco. We've got a good show for you today. A loss to the Pelicans and a much-needed win over the Suns. 58 wins for the Warriors now, 58-23. and 23. One more game to go in this regular season. And... So we can we can look at at the, at this season now. We can look at it as a whole and say what was good, you know, what was bad, what we learned from the season with one game to go. That'll be the third segment. In the first segment, we'll take a look at this loss to the Pelicans, and in the second segment, we'll take a look at the win over the Suns. In Friday's podcast, I mistakenly said that Patrick McCall will be out for the entire playoffs. He's expected to miss about four weeks. That would bring him back in the middle of the second round, and the Warriors could use him. So hopefully he'll get healthy quickly from that lumbar spine contusion. As I am every day, I'm grateful today for my listeners. You can get this podcast at iOS, Android, Google Play, and Spotify, as well as LockedOnWarriors.com and LockedOnSports.com. Make sure you Bookmark those pages. The Locked On Podcast Network is expanding into baseball and will keep you updated on A's and Giants news once we get those positions filled. Very exciting part of the season in baseball where we get to see if our teams are good. By June, July, we basically know. But there's always that hope in April and May that maybe you find, you, you found that right combination of players that can, can take you to the playoffs. And once you're in the playoffs, we know anything is possible. Unlike basketball, where we expect the best team to win out, and we expect the best team to be the Warriors here, but they weren't on Saturday, and we'll start there. What a fun game to watch. Durant with 41-10. and Quinn Cook backing him up. Quinn Cook, who is going to be on the playoff roster. Uh, Bye-bye, Caspi. Hello, Quinn Cook. And I'll take it. Uh, If he continues to play the way he's playing in a starting role, uh, and he's the kind of guy who'll be able to come off the bench and provide scoring as well. Just really exciting to have him be a part of this late-season run for the Warriors, even though they haven't been winning as many games as we'd like, including this game. Just great production. And I've been kind of hard on him defensively, but man, is he moving his feet. Sometimes he gets caught up in mismatches, and it's just... Uh, a guaranteed two points for the other team but when he's guarding other small guards you could just see watch watch his feet watch his feet watch his footwork on the defensive end he's light-footed and he moves extremely well Um, he's got good hands too so I've been giving him a hard time but I want to say specifically the Quinn Cook for his size moves his feet very well and is a good defender he just doesn't have those long arms and he just can't guard bigger players Back to Kevin Durant, he definitely took his matchup with AD a little bit personally. You know, people talk about AD. I was having a conversation with uh, my friend 
Javier, and he basically said, oh, man, we got to go for uh, Anthony Davis. You know, I'd take three MVPs over four All-Stars any day. And I'm sitting here thinking, man, I guess Anthony Davis really is in that category. We think of him as a guy who, you know, is an MVP caliber player, even though he hasn't won it. Kind of like James Harden, uh, the, the, the super duper stars. There's maybe six or seven of them in the NBA. And we have two Stephen Curry and Kevin Durant, but Anthony Davis is definitely that caliber of player, and Kevin Durant knows it too. So he went out and dropped 41, and 10 rebounds to boot to neutralize almost Davis's production, and Davis was transcendent, of course. 34 points, 12 rebounds for most likely the MVP runner-up this season. But KD, my goodness, 16 to 26 from the field and made half of his eight three-pointers. Only five of seven from the line, but 10 big rebounds, five assists. You know, the, the Warriors are still turning the ball over. Draymond Green turned the ball over seven times, 17 turnovers for the Warriors, and four of those came from KD. But he was hyper-efficient other than the turnovers. Draymond Green, like I said, seven turnovers, but nine assists on the other side, 10 rebounds and 11 points, nearly a triple-double, and would have been the first loss in a Draymond triple-double if he'd gotten that 10th assist. So I uh, guess it's one of those stats that really does ring true. Great minutes from Kavon Looney guarding Anthony Davis a lot of that time. He was called into action for nearly 28 minutes. 5.07 from the field, six rebounds, two assists, didn't turn the ball over, which is really all you can ask for, honestly. No JaVale and no Zaza in this game. Anthony Davis mostly playing center, and they wanted fleet-footed centers to get in his grill. Kevon Looney, David West, a little bit easier to hang with him. Also, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, of course, capable of guarding Anthony Davis. And still rebounding the ball. The, the Warriors rebounded as a committee, out-rebounding the Pelicans by eight total. They had eight offensive rebounds, only allowed four. But the Pelicans did drop 39 assists to only eight turnovers. And they stole the ball from the Warriors 15 times to go along with six blocks. Hot shooting from both teams. Both teams above 50%, but... The Warriors allowed 26 points off turnovers and 17 fast break points. Those turnovers were the killer. That's the difference in the game. That and the Warriors didn't do an, a fantastic job of running the Pelicans off the line in the first and fourth quarters. Nikola Miritich, 6 of 11 from 3. Rajon Rondo, they're daring Rajon Rondo to shoot. You know, I don't really mind that he made half of his four three-pointers, but uh, Miritich really hurt the Warriors a lot. 18 points off of three-pointers alone, 28 points in the game. Drew Holiday had a good game from inside the arc. 25 points, but only one of five from three, though he was 10 of 18 from the floor. The Pelicans are really, really trying to get good playoff positioning to stay in the race, and the Warriors, once again, are not playing for anything. Kevin Durant took his... Roll very seriously, still turn the ball over. Draymond Green 
took his role very seriously, still turned the ball over. And, and and that's the thing, is in the playoffs, those are scheduled losses. If you turn the ball over, you're going to lose. If you turn the ball over 17 times, there's no way you're going to win. The Warriors have done that before and won, where they turn the ball over 17 to 22 times, and they still come out with a win, sometimes even a comfortable win. But that is not going to happen in the playoffs. And seven turnovers is too many for Draymond, four turnovers, too many for Kevin Durant. But let's move on after this break to a better story, the Warriors win over the Phoenix Suns. You're listening to Locked On Warriors Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden Goodness. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Lenovo. At CDW, we get putting productivity within reach of remote employees. That's why I'm WFC, working from couch and moving everything within arm's length, like the microwave. Lunchtime. You should talk to the experts at CDW. They can orchestrate a more efficient workspace solution using light, powerful devices from Lenovo to keep your teams productive from anywhere, couch included. Yeah, but do they have grabber claws? Whoops. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Learn more at cdw.com slash Lenovo client. And we're back. We're talking Phoenix Suns. Much better game from the Golden State Warriors overall. Kevin Durant only took 11 shots put up 17 points, but that's because Klay Thompson had the hot hand, 23 shots, 34 big points, 22 points in the first quarter, and the Warriors really didn't look back after that. Six of 13 from three for Klay, and Kevin Durant became, you know, he's doing his best Kobe Bryant impression, and what I mean is, like, he knows when to get other people involved. That was one of the tropes of Kobe Bryant's late career the last 10 years, where he would, like, become a facilitator when he felt like he needed to, and that's what Kevin Durant did last night. Nine assists, only two turnovers, another four turnovers from Draymond Green, but only 11 from the team overall. Kevon Looney with another good game, three of five from the field, six rebounds, and four big blocks, seven blocks for the Warriors, getting back to their blocking ways. There were two jump shots blocked. I hope you took a drink for each one of those. If you don't know the drinking game, you take a drink every time the Warriors block a jump shot. Kevon Looney had one. I can't remember who the other one was, but there were definitely two. So enjoy that drinking game. It's not going to get you drunk, but it'll get you tipsy. Nick Young played another 20 minutes last night, didn't provide much, five points, one of two, uh, some all right defense, getting caught up a little bit in screens, and he's going to be the subject of my Warrior of the Week tomorrow. I want to take a look at Nick Young's season and see what exactly did he bring. Obviously broke out of the gates really strong with a 20-plus point performance against the Houston Rockets on the season opener, but gotta get more production from him in the playoffs if, if this contract is going to be worth it, I think. And so that'll be the subject of the Warrior of the Week tomorrow in the second segment. Damian Jones got more minutes than Jordan Bell last night. Neither of them did much 
in few minutes. And it's looking like the playoff rotations are, are starting to be set. JaVale and Zaza against bigger uh, centers. Kavon and David West against smaller centers. Draymond and Kevin Durant holding down the line when they can. Clay Thompson, Quinn Cook, Sean Livingston, and Nick Young running around the screens that the big set and holding it down from the guard position until Stephen Curry can return, hopefully before the second round. And the Suns have some good young players. Daniel House played 44 and a half minutes, and he's going to be special. Honestly, eight rebounds from a smaller player. He was only two of nine from three, but had a highlight dunk and 22 points. Dragon Bender, also excellent game from him. Six of 13 from the field and 14 rebounds. No Josh Jackson to contend with today, but Alex Lynn was good. He was big. Tyler Eulis was good. He was tiny. And Shaq Harrison played nearly 30 minutes and played some good minutes. Jared Dudley also, the stalwart veteran, had 11 points. But back to the Warriors, they did a solid job of rebounding the ball, contending with the size of Alex Lynn and Dragon Bender, 10 and 14 rebounds respectively for those guys. But the Warriors were only out-rebounded by three, and that isn't so bad. They also only had 11 turnovers and forced 13 from the Phoenix Suns. A lot of offense, but very good defense from the Warriors. 47 of 90 from the field. They put up 90 shots. So that is, whenever they can get to that magical number of 90 shots, you know they put themselves in a really good position to win the game because that means they're not turning the ball over. They're ending their possessions with good shots. And uh, the Phoenix Suns put up 92 shots, but only made 39 of them. That's 42.4%. And the Warriors did a good job of running them off the line as well, 28.6% from the arc, whereas the Warriors shot 40% and 52% overall. Great shooting game from the Warriors and fantastic defense all over the court. The Warriors put six players in double digits, led by Klay Thompson with his 34 points, and he was a plus 14 on the night. Kevin Durant really turned around his plus-minus numbers, as did Draymond, Draymond Green, 17 and 14 points respectively. Kevin Durant was a plus 15, Draymond a plus 13. David West was a plus 11 in 13 minutes. Great minutes from David West. He had four assists during that time. Love what I saw from Klay Thompson, the aggressiveness, everybody trying to get him the ball because they realized, and I, that's really what I appreciate. Kevin Durant probably assisted Klay Thompson, uh, you know, at least three or four times during that nine assist performance that he had yesterday. And everybody's on the same team, you know, when you, you feed the hot hand and and you, you try to get him open and it creates a good morale in the locker room. And it's just a beautiful thing to see. So uh, only 23 shots for Clay. Uh, you think when he's shooting like that, he might even take more. Uh, but 34 points and uh, three rebounds, one assist, two turnovers, and a steal for Thompson. Do wish this win would have come at home. It was fan night at the Warriors on Saturday against the Pelicans, but the Pelicans spoiled that night. But a great game for the fans to watch, honestly. Just went down to the wire, and the Warriors just couldn't execute at the end to get that W. But uh, exciting for the Pelicans. And the Suns, taking the L, get a one step closer to that number one overall pick. 
They're hoping it's theirs come June. You're listening to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Stay tuned for part one of a synopsis of the Warriors season. It's that time. It's time to talk about sponsoring the Locked On Warriors podcast. If your company is interested in a connected audience in the 18 to 49 demographic, you need look no further than Locked On Warriors. Podcasts are where smart advertisers are getting their products out to the people, and Locked On Warriors is no different. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Warriors has very reasonable rates, and I'd be happy to share them with you. Send me an email at alicocarter11 at gmail.com, and I'll give you all the details. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant to learn more. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. Making you old-fashioned today with Wild Turkey Bourbon 101. It just really stands up very well in a classic cocktail like the old-fashioned. It has that perfect boldness. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. And we're back, and we're talking the Warriors season. And uh, you have to start with injuries uh, because the Warriors are going to end the season either 58-24 and or 59-23, and and that's eight wins lower than their mark, their plateau, if you will, of 67 wins that they've gotten the last few seasons. We know the Rockets won't hit that. They have 16 losses, so the best they can do is 66 wins, and that honestly feels a little good feels good uh, to know that the Rockets will not reach that level of success, and obviously 73-9 and is out of the question. But of course, 66 wins is absolutely just excellent. A-plus work, definitely in the top 90-whatever percentile of teams in the history of the NBA. And of course, uh, 66 wins is is uh, you're expected to win the championship when you win 66 games. So is it really going to be, is it going to make sense to call the Warriors the favorites in any matchup, considering they won't have home court, and hopefully they'll be healthy? But is it conceivable that the Rockets are the favorites in this matchup? And I kind of like the idea that they are because then the Warriors come in with a chip on their shoulders and they're like, nah, we can beat this team. We don't need home court. We don't need anything. It's us against the world. It's hashtag just us. The Warriors need a little bit of adversity. And I think this is the adversity that they're going to need to kind of will themselves back to excellence. 67 wins. And, and you know, like I said, this season, you, you, you got to start it with injuries injuries led to losses but there were also bad losses against bad teams two losses to the sacramento kings the warriors also lost twice to the portland trailblazers the utah jazz the oklahoma city thunder and the denver nuggets those are good teams 
I'm okay with the Warriors losing twice to those teams. But that high watermark of 67 wins was really about not being dominated by any one team. Winning the season series against every team. And the Warriors didn't win the season series against every team. They also lost twice to the Houston Rockets. Uh, that was a three-game series that the Rockets won. And even if they had ended the season tied, the Warriors still would not have home court in the Western Conference Finals because they lost that series to the Rockets. So they lost multiple season series or tied multiple season series. Oh, and they also lost twice to the Indiana Pacers in the last couple of weeks of the season. Uh, so that is, what, six, seven teams now that the Warriors have lost twice to? And that never really happened in the last three seasons. So that's one to look at. Uh, the Warriors definitely were dominated by a number of teams in those first two losses to the Thunder. The, the Warriors, especially the, uh, the loss 108-91 and the 125-105 loss that was November 22nd and February 6th, respectively, the Thunder just thumped the Warriors, just smacked them around. And that is not something that fans are used to over the last three years, and even in the 47 and 51 win seasons that came with the sixth seed in the years before that, the injuries weren't so extreme and you could just like expect the Warriors to compete every game. Is it about fatigue, like a four-year playoff fatigue? I mean, you're, you've basically added a second, uh, another season over the past four years for the big three of Draymond, Clay, and Stephen Curry. And you're wondering what kind of effect that might have on a player mentally, physically, emotionally. These guys obviously love to play basketball, and that's what they do for a living. That's what they get paid the big bucks to do. But at the same time, you've just got to wonder, because this hasn't happened before, where a team, I mean, LeBron is the only player to do it, and he's on his going on his eighth trip. In a row. And that's got to be taxing. And he went deep into the playoffs before that, and before that, and before that, and before that. But, but LeBron is not human. And so we've got to look at these human players and say, what kind of expectations can we have of them four years into this historic run? And we'll talk more about that tomorrow, where we'll continue the synopsis of the Golden State Warriors season. We're also going to be previewing the game against the Utah Jazz and looking at Nick Young's season specifically. You've been listening to Locked On Warriors. Enjoy this beautiful day, and stay thoughtful, Hoopsheads. Hey, Bay Area sports fans, this is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked On Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. 
This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.